Welcome to She's Having an Episode, a podcast dedicated to TV's very best female characters. I'm screenwriter Layla London. I'm journalist Ashling O'Leary. And today we are discussing Julie Cooper from the no. <laughs> Should we dive in? Let's dive in. Yeah. Right. So Julie played by Melinda Clark, is a woman who dedicated much of her life to Newport Beach's upper echelons, making more than a few enemies and lovers along the way. Some might call her a villain, and sure, sleeping with your daughter's boyfriend does warrant such a title, but Julie's story is marked by much more than her mistakes. In fact, it's her vulnerability, resilience, and true showing of the depths of maternal love that made us go, well... She's having an episode. Ashing, my love, is it time for those fun facts? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, right. So, Berkeley Law School was so proud of having Sandy Cohen as one of its fictional graduates that there there was once a Sandy Cohen Public Defender Fellowship. No way! I know. I couldn't believe it. That is bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would help summer law students um, doing public, like some, like an internship with public defense, right? Um, winning students would receive or split a cash prize of three to five grand, which is donated by Fox, Warner Brothers, Peter Gallagher, and the Bolt, B-O-A-L-T, Totally Awesome Prom fundraising event. <laughs> I was so on board until the last one, and I have so many questions. I uh, yeah, I don't know, don't know. Yeah, didn't have time to do a big of a deep dive on that. Sorry about that. No, that's yeah. fine. We can all run off in our personal time and figure out what the hell is going on there. I've dropped the nugget. Yes, you may all go off. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice, though. I love that Peter Gallagher got involved too. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like with uh, Orange New Black when they set up a fund for Pusey. Yeah, the Pusey fund. Um, God, TV really does change the world, guys. Yeah, it can. It can. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so apparently the Coens might have had a different last name. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Needlemans. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Seth Needleman. <laughs> I just love the idea of Summer being like Needleman every time she has. Oh my god! Her. Oh yeah, you're right. They should have done it just for Summer. But on to Summer, she mm-hmm. was initially only going to be a guest role. Yes, and she weirdly, a weird again. This I knew about, but only mm. because of my weird obsession with Rachel Wilson. Uh, <laughs> she was supposed to be like a really shitty best friend and like set up marissa as being like the the one that's misunderstood in her group but she was such a good presence on screen they made a whole thing for her didn't they yeah um she and she was given three lines in the pilot i think ooh was in the pilot wasn't it ooh was a word like as in that was one of her sentence lines yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I think That's I think that was a so line. I think it was ew. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you mean like ew as an ew? Yeah, ew. Oh yeah, no. I re- yeah, no. She delivered that so well. It is an iconic ew. It's like proper yeah. Mean Girls ew. 
she's such a good character too. To be to, for the audience, yeah, yeah, we really struggle to choose between Summer and Julie for context. Mm, yeah, but yeah. Julie has a lot to unpack, so and she went out in the end. Julie is also someone who had been written as like a guest role. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that I did not know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's only in the 14th episode that Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark appear in the opening credits, not as guest stars. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. What would they have done to boot out Marissa's mom? I don't know. Would they kill her? They'd probably kill her, wouldn't they? No, she Quite would. Sexy. She would elope with some rich man to Italy. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And Marissa would be left all alone. Um, God, that's fascinating. Isn't that so interesting? Also, too, the the sort of structure of how fast TV moved back in those days that they could decide to change halfway through a season who was going to be a main role in it. Mm, yeah. Because the you know crowd reception was so good, people were so invested in their roles. Blah blah blah. They could just go, ah, people like them. Guess they'll be a main character. Yeah, it was fast and slow because, you know, these shows are released weekly. It wasn't a drop of mm. eight or 14 episodes, you know? No, and what, <laughs> doing the many rewatches that I do, I was, the first time I loaded up season one again to be like, 26 episodes? Half of a year? <laughs> like, oh, is that really how invested wow. we were? <laughs> No wonder we were all so invested. 26 episodes is deep. That's a big part of our lives, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Wow. That's a lot. That's amazing. Sorry, I totally segued your fun facts. Oh, no, absolutely not. That was like some good (laughs) contributions. Um, Josh Schwartz, creator of the series, initially did not want to cast Adam Brody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, apparently when Adam came in, he didn't bother to learn any of the lines for his audition scene. Yeah, Schwartz was even like, what scene is he doing? Is this from our show? What is he he doing? I hate this kid. Get him out of here. No way. Yeah, and then they couldn't find their set. And the casting director was like, we should bring back that guy, Adam Brody. I think there's something to him. And they did a really good job. That is fascinating. Yeah, and apparently the network, Fox didn't like the character of Seth. They really were not into him, but the viewers loved him. That's it, isn't it? I yeah. I'm like I'm so like aware I'm gonna derail our conversation so many times. No, that's great. Yeah, but <laughs> get into it. But Seth as an adult, like rewatching this show, is horrible. Like, what a horrible little boy! Oh, he's so spoiled and narcissistic. <laughs> it's like the, yeah. the way he treats everyone around him is yeah. absolutely terrible but like many young girls watching the show i was like what a fun guy yes what a oh likable my- sarcastic loser yeah yeah what a cute little nerd mm, <laughs> you so cute right but also <laughs> the absolute worst god what were we what were we crushing i don't know i don't know was it our deeply insecure cells seeing another <laughs> deeply insecure soul i don't know and just being like oh it sounds like you do know ashley <laughs> like, sounds like you know I was going to call Spade Spade. (laughs) (laughs) What else? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The Cohen's pool is only four feet deep. The actors have to film (laughs) the pool scenes on their knees. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Also, that's actually <laughs> my brain immediately goes to Julie and what's her name, the little sister. Oh, having a brain freeze. Oh, Kirsten and Haley. Haley. So when Julie and Haley get into a fight, they like throw each other into that pool. Think of the safety risk doing that at four feet. Yeah. Yeah. They had a real like girl fight that must have been on their knees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what the thinking is behind a four feet deep pool. Like it's cost, isn't it? Fox was like, we'll do a pool, but we won't invest. But it's Fox. They have so much money. Oh, yeah. Who they do. But still. <laughs> a tiny little show about kids in Newport Beach. Who will watch that, right? Ah, okay. This leads me to um, my next fun fact. Um, because, yeah, at the beginning, it was this little known show. The costume designers said that getting the big brands were not easy at all so all the brands in the first season were fakes and knockoffs (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah no so she the costume designer says that nobody ever heard of us they're very leery of loaning anything this is she admitted in honor of the show's 15th anniversary i mean jesus chanel was clamoring to get onto rachel and misha's arms <laughs> right yeah yeah they were they became such fast fashion icons didn't they yeah they really really did uh, even julie in her like juicy track suit and everything yes! that was very of the era it's so is it so is and what was kirsten what was her, her brand is like ralph lauren or j crew Oh yeah, Kirsten's a J. Crew mom for sure. Yeah. <laughs> J. Crew and a bottle of Chablis. Yes, that is Kirsten. Yes, yes, Chablis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, you probably know about this, but like fucking Misha, um, she apparently, <laughs> yeah, she, she basically, she came out in an interview saying that Marissa dies like hours before the finale. Did she? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I totally don't remember that. Yeah, no, she's yeah, and they were all just like weeping with frustration with this actor. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little bit of a spoiler, actually, Misha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's I, so funny. Josh did admit though that if he could go back, he would like things he would change. Is that one of them? Is that he would not have killed off Marissa so early? Really? Yeah, he thinks it was like, it was too early on. He would also have made more out of Anna and Luke, their storylines. Anna was a sensational character that got shot on by Seth to no end. I know, he didn't deserve her. What was she doing? Honestly. I know. Um, she. It's like, Anna was like the nice version of Seth. Yes, And Seth totally. just went, nope, think I'll abuse that. No, 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 Seth Cohen. Needleman. <laughs> Is Seth not just like a preliminary incel? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Seth has incel written all over his little afro. No. For those who don't know what incel means, it means involuntary <laughs> celibate. And it comes from a movement of, it's a name given to men who how do you describe this Layla <laughs> in a nutshell I think the best way to describe incel in my subjective opinion so please no hate mail uh is involuntary celibate decides that 
because they do not receive the sex and or female attention they deserve. They think they quotes. deserve. They, they think they deserve exactly mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with women and or the people they're trying to sleep with. But it typically exists in heterosexual uh, dynamics. And there are many good books on it if you want to go have a read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, you can find them all on Reddit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Men Who Hate Women. That is a top tier one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, do you have any Julie facts? So there weren't too many Julie facts. It was just the fact that she's going to be a like, guest star. But there's no other like fun facts about her. Great. Can I hit you with one? Please. Julie was our age at the start of the season. <laughs> Shock. Can't. Speechless. Speechless. <laughs> I can't. What even is that? Uh, I know. A grand it's... 31? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm older than you, so you're you're slightly younger than Julie at the time. But yeah, our sort of age range is where Julie as the mother of two uh primo villain was at the start of season one yeah jesus actually yeah isn't it um kirsten um the mom is only 14 years older than seth like the actor (laughs) no way (laughs) yeah she's playing his mother (laughs) oh that's that's problematic um but yeah that was i guess yeah tv at the time i think that's i think one of the things i found interesting was melinda clark and misha barton as mother and daughter were actually basically the ages they were playing um just when you when you watch it in your teens you think god yeah that's a mother no She's a young woman, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> In I the know. prime of her life. Um, yeah. No. Can I also uh, tell you some secrets that I think will be very helpful to this conversation? Sure. What else the point of this podcast, Layla? Come on now. <laughs> right, let, me, let me divulge. <laughs> Please. Okay. So I have my first secret, which is that when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. uh, which is when this series came out, mm. I was a founding moderator and longtime moderator of an OC message board. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. What does that entail? How did you set it up? How many members did you have? Or how- I had thousands of members. Uh, it was like my hobby. Uh, I think it's clear to probably any listener who's listened to more than one episode that my entire life has been dedicated to appreciating and loving film and television. Uh, it was my best escape. And I would come home from school every day, log on, talk to people about the OC, things we might think happens in next week's episodes, why we love characters, <laughs> blah, 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 and made loads of friends. So cute. Also, how do you go up? How do you go about setting up a moderator board? So basically, I like had made friends on other message boards, yeah. uh, including a very prolific charmed message board. On that Ooh. charmed message board is where I met my friends who were like, but have you seen this new TV show? And then we decided to make a OC message board. Yeah. In fact, one of the friends that I met on that message board ended up basically confiding in me, telling me he was gay and went on to be the boyfriend of Anthony from Queer Eye. No. Yep. No. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. Oh my days. This is unbelievable stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, you heard it here, listeners. <laughs> My teenage life was very online. I was a very online person. Wow, yeah, you really were. Didn't realize it was in the presence of Gia Tolentino. Jesus. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Any, um, any more secrets? I... Oh, yeah, my second secret. Sorry. <clears throat> so my second secret is in my many weird side hustle careers I've had as an adult, which have been plentiful, as we know, yeah. um, I ran Misha Barton's social media for a short period of time. Fuck off. When? <laughs> when did you do that? <laughs> I was working for a very small company uh, who... There was a very literally blink of an eye moment where she was trying to sell cosmetics and clothes under her name. Mm. Um, and I, to this day, can't remember why they got the account, but they were like, Layla, you watch the OC. And I was like, yeah. And so clearly I would be the perfect person to run Misha Barton social media. And yeah, that was basically that. How old were you? It's very short lived. I must have been 22. Oh yeah, that's young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh how old was she at the time? I think she would have been in her she was not that much older than no, us. No, she really? I think yeah. in her twenties still, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But had stepped out of the limelight by that time. I mean, did she ever reappear? <laughs> I would I would say the question is very complicated. Yeah. Um, that's a whole teen star episode that we need to do as a special at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are my secrets. Now you know. Okay, excellent. So, weird secrets aside, (laughs) (laughs) shall we dive into Mrs. Julie Cooper? Yes, please. (laughs) What What are your biggest memories and thoughts on Julie? Oh, Julie. She was, I mean, Jesus she was just a force to be reckoned with me like an interesting mother character she's quite competitive with her daughter marissa um but in the end you you see she wants the best for her she just doesn't know how to express it properly she i mean like she's someone who you know didn't have you know wasn't equipped with the right tools growing up to be maybe the most nurturing of mothers um it's yeah. interesting that you say competitive because I don't feel like she's was competitive. So so I'd love to hear more. I felt like she kind of was a bit jealous of Marissa's youth and all the opportunities being given to her. But that that she actually secured for Mar- by her doing these kind of strategic, uh, you know, marriages. Um, I don't. That was that's my lingering impression of julie uh i think it's also her competitive nature among the other women but that's you know her her insecurities and fighting for her space yeah Mm, she's definitely competitive and quite calculated and manipulative with the women of her of her peers i guess but also she is younger than most of them because right she had marissa at 18 and i think that that introduces a really interesting dynamic so for my first watch as a 13 year old girl i was definitely like what an 
awful person, like villain if there ever was mm. one. She won't listen to Marissa. Marissa's in this terrible position, blah, blah, blah. How is she sleeping with Luke? Like pure villain energy. So I think that's where the competitiveness in my mind comes from. Like, fuck me. She's sleeping with the daughter's boyfriend. Is it the fact that like she wants to have what her daughter has, you know, like why can't, yeah, go on, sorry. But this is, this is, I think, where my interesting questions have risen since I've become older and thought a little bit more about why somebody like that might behave in that way. I, I think she's been robbed of her youth by having Marissa at 18, right? I think that she absolutely wanted the best for her hence marrying jimmy even though she was in love with another man Mm. hence doing everything she can to maintain their status in this world that is not normal to her at all she had to sort of put a mask on to fit in that mask in my (laughs) too deep (laughs) assurance uh is probably what she thought rich people acted like and how people would manipulate each other for their positions of power. But that does alienate her most of the time, even within her friendship groups. Um, I think deep down, truly, a woman like that does want the most for their children and does want them to have the life they didn't have, right? Mm -hmm. What we do know about Julie throughout the season, it comes out in little sort of pieces. Um, She grew up in Riverside, uh, which is not a well-off area. She wanted to move to LA with her sister and marry rock stars and live a very different life. And then she fell pregnant by Jimmy, who was from a different space and offered something else. And so her agency was taken away from her to a degree. She didn't have the resources to raise a child on her own. And she thought she was making good choices. And this is now her life as we meet her in season one where her husband is a liar and a fraud. Her daughter is deeply depressed because of everything that's going on. Her daughter basically tries to commit suicide on a trip. She is in like panic mother stations and clearly doesn't do the best choices available, but also she is our age. And she thinks she's doing the best she can. It's very complicated because there are parts of her that are so extremely villainous. And, you know, she says and she does awful things. Mm. But I, as an adult in my rewatches, have been like, maybe that is what you do in her position. Maybe you would marry the richest, oldest man in town so you could at least provide a stable home for your daughter maybe that's the most you could ask for it's the easiest solution if you don't have you know any education i'm not saying like this is the solution but for many women it's been and out it's like i mean it's a tale as old as time it's just like right how do i provide financial security for myself my family i find a really rich old dude who's hopefully like a bit close to the grave and um yeah so she did that um but i totally understand yeah i get that she she was acting like within her capabilities she was doing it's like her version of the best but never 
it doesn't it doesn't come off it's not it comes off like it's it comes off as self-serving thoughtless self selfish but is that also because like one of the parts i think is really interesting like when marissa is hospitalized after her overdose she basically says like you need mental health help like i am not capable of helping you through this and marissa's reaction is you're trying to send me to an institution and everyone's like oh how could julie dare but that is sort of the best option available to her rather than welcoming her daughter back after just overdosing and being like i guess everything's fine but being like other people have knowledge i do not have in this situation maybe you'd benefit from some therapy oh my god i'm actually just like you know it's it's just been a while since i've seen that episode i'm just like oh my god i'm just like gobsmacked in terms of the conversation today that is so not i i can imagine because like marissa has this narrative in her head her mom hates her mom's trying to get rid of her mom's trying to push her out and so she sees the institution like she sees this as just another way of her mother trying to like shun her away and and control her right yes yes absolutely um whereas it's just like today if someone od'd well just health services in the west in particular are very the reactions would be different. They'd be like, no, you, they would the mandated. It'd be like, you need to seek counseling and you need help. And also Julie has some resources at that point to like get her into rehab, but also, but hang on. Like they're living in fucking Orange County. They're in California, the land of therapy. I'm like, how is, <laughs> how is that not a part of the, but they are like a part like what I'm trying to say is how is that not part of the conversation? at the time but they also exist in this very waspy culture within california so yeah california has a reputation of being like hippy dippy land but you also have these very conservative micro communities within that and they are Mm. in that and it is a culture where they do not speak of therapy and mental health you drink your chablis you turn a blind eye to your partner's indiscretions and you you know put up and shut up and if you have a troublesome daughter it's i don't like what do they do what is like surely they just sent what do they send them off to rehab but they just don't talk about it it's like oh i think a finishing school isn't that it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but this is also it like this is why i think the the complexity that is Julie Cooper is so riveting because this is also 20 years ago where therapy was not, you know, quite as okay, big air quotes, as it is today. But it's California. I know it's California, <laughs> but still it's a teenage girl being told, like, you've got to do this. And no one would be weird at 15. That's right, right. So our protagonist in this show, the lens in which we see this world, which is why it was so successful with people our age, is through the teenagers. The parents need to be challenging those teenagers to push them through. Like we have this idea of the Coens being like fantastic and nurturing and they saved Ryan and blah, blah, blah. But like even Julie's distaste of Ryan when he arrives came off as a teenager like what a bitch he's a nice guy whereas as an adult that woman is seeing 
a version of probably the boys she was sleeping with back in Riverside going, oh my God, my daughter cannot end up how I've ended up. She cannot live a bad life with this new boy that just is, you know, telling her he'll be whatever she wants to be and sweeping her off her feet. She's trying to prevent her from making mistakes and in doing so comes across incredibly controlling and manipulative and too much unlikable. You know, and her dad at the same time is creating this rhetoric in Marissa's head that, you know, your mom is just the worst and I'll look after you and I'm the hero when he's the person who has effectively <laughs> broken their family up and made these big mistakes that puts Julie in a position to go, I need to divorce you. You've shamed our family. You've cost us everything. Mm. Yeah, Jimmy's just lashing out. And it's just like, it's so, it's so classic, isn't it? Like, you know, villainize the wife or villainize the, uh, like, he's just so angry and insecure. And he just like lashing out. It's just like, it's, it's, it's just such bad form. Like he just, you know, if you're a parent, you just got to take the high road with the kids. Like, you know, you got to respect the fact that they have to have a parent relationship and you shouldn't be feeding ideas that are not of their concern. Mm. If this makes sense. Absolutely. One of the yeah. most like memorable lines is him saying to Marissa at some point, again, I'm sort of misquoting, but don't be worried about your mom. She has to wake up and be Julie Cooper every day. That's like something you should never say to a child. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's bringing the marriage into the parent-daughter dynamic, which is so unhealthy. Mm. Yeah. And makes him, in effect, seem like the, the great dad because at least he's not trying to control her. At least he's saying, yeah, I can take you away from all this society bullshit. I really love you. It's so manipulative. It's, it's such an easy power gain ego boost because you have you have a child you created who is so ready to he like the hero worship you from the moment they're born you know you are their world and you are you know everything to them and so he abuses that power by shitting on his wife and it's so cheap and tawdry mm. it's so crass and it's like, mate, grow up. Like, do you pay your dues, you know, be a decent human. This is it, right? And I think it, I think it becomes clear throughout the seasons because obviously he tries to get back with Julie after Caleb dies for her money, uh, that he's been the villain all along. And because of her personality and because of her, you know, accused gold digging mm. uh she's just such an easy target especially yeah. when he's always scrambling for an excuse for his behavior right the reason he stole all his clients money is because he had this expensive lifestyle his wife wanted it's it's taking the sort of control or perceived control out of his hands because of course it was julie's fault he just yeah he lands all the accountability with her he takes, mm. he does not, yeah, take any responsibility when it was his sperm 
that got her knocked up. Fucking own it, Jimmy. You <laughs> set this up. <laughs> <laughs> this is you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and not to say again, not to say Julie is you know completely blameless. She oh, does yeah, no. absolutely assume that everything money wise falls from the sky, and that she can grow her daughters into the version of her life she always wanted. None of that's healthy, but I don't think she deserves the villainization that she carries throughout pretty much all the seasons until her daughter dies. And then we're sort of like, oh shit, all she ever did was for her. That's fucking rough, isn't it? Mm, yeah. But back to like, she thinks money is falling from trees. Is that just not a healthy visualization tactic? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Also, also, it's worked out pretty well for her up until that point. Yeah. 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 So, you know, she was like living large um, until then. Yeah. That's it. Right. I also find, sorry, I really don't mean to bring Jimmy into so much of Julie's story. Well, but I he think is it, a big part of it. Yeah. But the fact that also he moved her next door to the woman he's actually in love with is so disrespectful <laughs> that every single day she has to have her, you know, her sole person in the world obsessed with this woman over the gate. Honestly, he's such a fucking child. He's such a child. It's torturous. And I think it's the sort of thing that women like Julie, people who are, you know, called gold diggers will face forever. They will make such big concessions for the treatment of the other person for the perceived financial or lifestyle benefit. And I think, thinking about julie in that way makes me feel really sorry for her mm. yeah that she was she was mistreated she was belittled she was made into a sort of i don't know caricature version of a waspy wife and didn't get a lot of exploration to be more than a waspy mother or anything because the man was off making the money yeah I think because I see Julie totally on a parallel with Edie from Desperate Housewives. Um, they're both, you know, Ooh. yeah, they're both. So there's kind of parodies of these very, uh, what's like, you know, how can I put this? Um, you know, like the husbands aren't safe around these women. And mm. uh, they're not women who are looking to be liked. No, but also insanely likable, funny, says exactly what they're thinking and incredibly charismatic. <laughs> but they're not likable. They're not. They're likable to if they like they 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 can be charming. I think, do you know, they're not likable to other women because women pose as a threat. That's how that's how these worlds are written. Mm. Um, whereas around men, it's oh, it's so gendered. It's so like, you know, that they're never really friends with men. They're always kind of it's there is that like sexual tension. Um, and then around women, it's that old school um message of oh, women are a threat, women are your competition. Yeah. And um yeah, so Edie and Julie both represent those women and it's funny this like the idea of the unlikable woman how she's evolved over the years um because we you know it's just just a lot more 
they've given more airspace and nuance now. Um, but yeah, no, Julie is absolutely a caricature of someone who's just like manipulative, gets her own way, and it's almost like she has no emotions. Like, no, these women feel things. It's just no one gives them space. I, yeah. Yeah, I think you've hit on a lot of really interesting points there, particularly the fact that women don't like women like this. Um, and they don't give women like this a time of day. I think her relationship with Kirsten over the seasons is really interesting because it's so clear from the get-go that Kirsten hates Julie, mm. really fatigued when she tries to start hooking up with her dad. That is obviously hilarious and very complicated. But yeah. <laughs> it's also she is her peer. She's actually younger than her. And there is a there's a sort of desperation to want to be in Kirsten's family. Like the sense that they have of security, I think, particularly from someone who grew up in probably not so secure circumstances uh of a real family unit where everyone does really love each other there's wealth which she's clearly incredibly attracted to there's there's a lot that seems to be the representation of all the things that julie actually wants deep down but cannot for the life of her even when she's trying to be an excellent mother to marissa when she's living there and you know she doesn't really again do it on the right ways or the best ways but you can see that's a woman trying to bond with her daughter make her breakfast like the cohen's like do all of these things that she sees as worthy and aspirational um she just keeps failing at but mostly because of things out of her control it's because she's trying to be something she's not maybe yeah there's always yeah. so much of you know trying to step into someone else's shoes it's like ultimately you gotta uh, i don't know because i like it that's a that's an example of her you know she's trying her best she's trying to yeah fit that role model of that family and what they represent oh god yeah because like actually if your husband who she clearly loves has been pining after this woman for years and you see that that woman has it all together and sorted out maybe you do end up trying to sleep with their dad i don't know <laughs> just like <laughs> try and get close to it try and emulate it try and i don't know learn from it yeah there's a really interesting <laughs> I haven't thought too deeply about that. Um, that's a funny way of thinking about it. Um, is it because a way of emulating it, but is it not also a way of her just trying to, she's annoyed at this woman who, like her husband is pining over her and she can't get away from her. And yet she's, not only is there wealth and family, there's also status. There's a really deep mm. status that family has within the community. And you can't buy that. That's something that's earned. And the only way she can get close to that, yeah, is by getting with the dad. But even then, like, you're just an interloper and people will see through you. People do see through her, but I don't think she cares that much. <laughs> I yeah. One of the things that I really sort of like is, well, clearly she's using the one thing that sort of, given her a sense of security, which is her sexuality, right? Like that has afforded her that life that lasted 
you know, up until we meet all of these characters. Uh, she then uses sex to attract Caleb, who is the richest man in town. And then he immediately makes her CEO of his company. And she know, she obviously knows that she doesn't necessarily <laughs> deserve that role. But she, she goes into it fully open and she's like, yeah, well, let's start a magazine too. Let's put my face on the cover of it every week. She's so just bouldering as a person forward mm. into this dream aspirational space uh yeah it's her life is very full of fantasy and mm. i think a lot of it doesn't make sense objectively but of course again she's not really had her teenager 20 somethings where she can fantasize and dream so she's doing all of that as this you know, adult with two kids who's married to somebody who can sort of make those fantasies a reality. Mm. You can see why that would be attractive for her. That's what money can do. But also, <laughs> like, it is so, there is something about, of the telenovela about this series. It is so dramatic and it's so, it can be quite hammy. Oh, for sure. That's what I love about it. I know. Same, same. But just in terms of like these mad storylines, it's so in keeping with the telenovela. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's quality drama. Um, speaking of quality drama, uh, after she does marry Caleb and moves Marissa into the super mega trillion mansion uh that overlooks the whole thing because they're at the top of the hill <laughs> metaphors um <laughs> <laughs> she gets lance who was her boyfriend pre-jimmy come back into her life and basically threatened to release a sex tape and says i need half a million dollars to not release that sex tape she's obviously panicked she doesn't want her position mm. position threatened threatened yes um and caleb basically says he's not gonna release anything no we're not giving him money and he releases a sex tape at the launch of the magazine with her face on the cover and honestly i know many series have gone through like sex tape storylines over the many you know for the literal 20 years since that storyline came out mm. but that was impactful that ruined her actual life not only fired from the company but divorced no settlement she loses her mind to such a degree she decides she probably needs to kill him <laughs> <laughs> like the dramatic stakes go from like yeah that's probably the most awful thing could happen at the magazine launch to i think i'm gonna murder my husband which is chef's kiss drama Mm, yeah I mean just quality just that's what you do like fuck it you know you've got nothing left kill the man kill the bastard yeah right yeah something quite primal about that yeah because I what was it it was like in their marriage agreement prenup maybe mm -hmm. um by that time I think there was a clause that basically said if they'd been married a year mm. and got divorced, uh, Julie would be owed like $3 million. And she was sort of like, that's fine. Mm. But Caleb filed for divorce 11 months and oh. 27 days. Oh, my God. Stop Which it. would have left her with Wouldn't nothing. You, wouldn't you just be 
crying on the footpath. Like, you'd just be like, <laughs> no, why? I shagged that. I mean, did she? I wonder if maybe they enjoyed the sex. I don't know. But it's just like. Oh, I get the impression Julie did. I think Julie yeah. is very, very primal in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know what? To be fair, he didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't the oldest. Like, he was old, but like, we've seen older on television, you know? Oh, for sure. Alan Dale is pretty hot. <laughs> he is. Like He's a silver fox. Yeah. Like if Alan Dale walked past you in the street, you wouldn't be like, no. You'd be like, interesting looking man. That's <laughs> mm, true. Do you know what? He's got a piercing gaze and he takes up space. Mm. Yeah. He does. He does have like Trump energy to a degree, though, which is always a turn off. I'm not saying I'm going to shag him if I see him in the street, but it is. Just... <laughs> No, 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 no. Definitely not. I'm just saying for Julie Cooper, she could have done worse. She could have been a really ugly old rich guy. That is so true. It's so true. Yeah. 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 I think like, but then, what, was he like, he was probably late 50s most. What? Maybe early 60s? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because sort of, I guess he had to be old enough that he could like reasonably die of a heart attack. But that also can happen at any age, can't it? Yeah, it really can. Yeah. And then obviously, <laughs> because this is a telenovela, yeah. Caleb has no money and she doesn't get anything anyway. Boo. <laughs> oh, Julie. Ooh. I know it is. It is actually tragic. But when she ends up in that sort of trailer park situation, mm. I, I really was like, oh, God, this this woman, everything she's tried has failed. I know. Like, what to hear what's tv and um, what she like spitting she's like a spittoon like i saw like there's some scene with her like spitting into a can i'm like girl what are you doing like what <laughs> <laughs> that's the riverside in her <laughs> yeah 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 um just yeah she it's amazing just yeah when you've experienced insane wealth it's so hard to go down to that like what like yeah Mm. But she is someone who, like, she's a really resilient woman. So it's just, I am like, you know, you know, like that trailer, it's like she's been there before. She knows the seas. She knows the drill. She'd just be like, oh, like, I'm here again. I'll be here for a minute and then I'll figure out what my next step is. And she does, right? Oh, she does. She becomes a madam. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> As one does. As one does when in such a situation. Yeah. No, I really, it's so, so good. The level of like mad storylines that this show starts to get to by its fourth season is like truly out of control. Okay, so season um, three, apparently that's where it kind of starts to taper off um, with all these like mad storylines. The It was because the network executives got involved. They were like, we need more drama. So you start, really? that's why you get Volchek it's why you have all this mad shit happening that doesn't quite make sense and falls flat. And that's why by season four, it is just like, ugh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still love every episode. Don't get mm. me wrong. Uh, it's truly like, if somebody's like, what was your favorite TV show growing up? It's always the first show I think of. Oh no, mine is Buffy. Mm, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I do. I do love Buffy too. Yeah. Yeah, now she's my ride or die. 
Poppy. Right, or die. Yeah. Um, but yes, so her new match dating agency quickly turns into basically a brothel service. Um, and she starts to tell one of my favorite parts. Again, this is, it's such, it's such a Julie line and I'm going to misquote it. But basically she goes around trying to convince the rich women who are using the like male escorts all have chlamydia. No, I know. And, and she was really excited about it. I can't even think of the line, but I can literally see the, the face acting on Melinda Clark was second to none. I know. Every time she looks at like a 45 degree angle on the camera, you know exactly what's going on in her head. It's very, it's a very sincere power. I don't see it in a lot of people. And yeah, I just like, I can see some visuals of Melinda Clark so strongly even mm. today. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Like when they go to, um, <laughs> when the boys go to Vegas for Caleb's so-called uh, like stag do bachelor party when it's actually the business deal that fucks over Jimmy and Sandy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Kirsten's like demanded into throwing a bachelorette for Julie, but it's also like really mad that they've gone off and done all these things. And there's a scene where Kirsten and Julie sit in the Newport group offices, basically drinking Caleb's whiskey. And she's holding this cigar cutter. And it's just like, it's such good direction and acting. But at the moment, I can't think of the words she says. So it's basically talking shit about Caleb. And she cuts the cigar cutter. And you're like, she's imagining his penis in that cigar cutter. <laughs> like there's just like <laughs> it's just there was absolutely zero question about it. And even at like 13, 14 years old, I was like, she thinks his penis is in that. You can see her visualizing it. Nothing is ever said around it. Mm. It's just a suggestion. And that's one of the like best skills of the OC altogether is telling you a lot more than the characters are telling each other. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She she does such a she she's got a bit of a smoldering look about her, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons it's so easy to believe that she's like a much older mother, even mm. watching it now, because she has this really raw sort of sexual smoldering energy mm. that doesn't feel like it belongs to like a twenty or thirty year old. Mm. Does a thirty year old not have a sexual energy? <laughs> I think I just think of it as like, because of of course I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm also like, I just think of it as such a, <sighs> matriarchal is the wrong word, but like a very powerful top tier woman entity. And I, maybe I just personally feel too young <laughs> to believe that like that amount of power exists in a person. Um, but of course it does. Of course it does. And it very much does in Julie Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know what you mean. Like she does, there's something about her face. I think she has quite a fox-like face. Like do you just, she just has a look. There's like a look about her. You just know she's got like calculations going on in her Head. like she's like figuring out her next move at all times and like how to sort mm. the scene and how to best play it to her advantage and yeah yeah it's crazy isn't it because like 
it's funny that you say they hoped they actually killed Marissa later on because thinking about Julie in that last season, there's obviously a big shift. She has lost her daughter that she's gone through all of these mm. other things for. She sort of goes on a, you know, <laughs> not so easy to back goose chase, like sending Ryan to go get Volchok in Mexico and all sorts. Like it's all very complicated. Mm. Um but I think the impact of Marissa's death on her and the fact that like she was actually able to find Volchok and get some sort of sense of justice for it turned into her again, like dating, I think it was Summer's dad first, then Bullet, then Ryan's dad. And so in that last season, she goes through three different men and it's quite an interesting thing because at that point she has lost everything right she still has her other daughter caitlin but i think your purpose as a person has to shift to a degree with that amount of trauma happening uh to you and around you so the fact that she then falls back into the same sort of pattern of needing this sort of attention from these men and the security of these men who were all fairly rich and you know two of them proposed to her mm. <laughs> it's like a whole big sort of rinse and repeat of her life and then by the end she says no to marrying any of them and goes back to college which feels i think really poetic because for a lot of people college is the start of their lives mm. and feasibly you could imagine that's the start of hers too mm. even though she's obviously grieving still and has a lot to deal with it seems like a really different choice for a person that's actually a much bigger deal than anything else she could have done yeah yeah i just thinking how she's like going to a place of the mind you know of learning and i'm just thinking about how up until then she's been acting on instincts she's been using her body she's been using her beauty she is the more outer surface things and now she's going inwards which is actually very natural as you get older yeah and she's doing the thing that her daughter should have done her daughter should have lived for is go to college Marissa. Mm. yeah if she had chosen to go to college yeah yeah because that's it right this whole time she's been trying to give Marissa, the life that she wanted, in fact, not living that life herself. Oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about that. <laughs> I'm also just thinking, like, this is like a terrible thought, but a part of me is just like, <sighs> you have a daughter that dies so young, and a part of you is just like, Jesus Christ. Like, especially with someone like Julie, who's navigated her whole life around this daughter predominantly, because it was Marissa who changed the course of her life. Mm. you know marries jimmy moves to the oc like a lot of that w started from being pregnant and you part of you is like what the fuck was the point <laughs> <laughs> if she died <laughs> i do know i don't think that that's an unnatural thought at all i think that that would absolutely be part of her grief right mm. look at everything she's gone through yeah look at the public shaming look at the judgment look at the friends she couldn't make because she had to be this specific mm. person to fit in in her mind 
look at this sort of 20 years gone by. And I'm sure she didn't love a lot of her actions within that time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah, just thinking how by not marrying those men, she's like, she's choosing herself for the first time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, an action of total. Yeah, it was totally for herself. No one else factored into it. No daughters, no husbands, no nothing. It was just like, right, what do I want to do just for me? Um, Mm. Yeah, with no ulterior motives. That's it too, right? It's not calculated the choice to invest in herself and in her mind and in her future. It is something pure. It shows growth. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Julie. (laughs) Oh, Julie, man. She's so good. Um, Any final thoughts on Miss Julie Cooper? Slash Nichols slash... Oh, I know. I think, I think those were the only she actually married, but she was engaged a few times, yeah. I just think, you know what? She was a woman who was lambasted at the time, but no, she is a great character and she deserves to be recognized for it. Well, she is, like she is, but like she, I, she's getting the recognition she deserves. 100%. She's yeah. having an episode. She's having an episode. What about you? Any final thoughts? Nah, man, I just love her. Makes me want to rewatch all three. I know, me too. Episodes again. <laughs> yeah, such a good show. Also, wait, wait, wait. Is your moderator board still? Uh, can it still be found? Uh, my message board, I do not think, has existed for about fifteen years. Um, th- thankfully, to a degree. <laughs> because I'm still a very online person, but I don't need to be on message boards, I don't think, these days. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see it, though. <laughs> oh. Imagine. I know. Imagine. I imagine it's probably, it looks like a, like, HTML situation. <laughs> Do you know what? We actually, this is so, so dumb. Why am I even sharing this? We had a really talented graphic designer who actually made it look pretty amazing. And we had multiple versions of the message board that would show up. So it actually looked like a full experiential thing. It like didn't look like Reddit. It looked like a beautifully curated website with the message board. Wow. I'm impressed. (laughs) She's very online, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're amazing. I I mean, online as we speak, literally. (laughs) Quite literally, yes. Some people just don't change. (laughs) Sure, listen, you know, what floats their boat, keep what works. Thanks, baby. Thank you for a wonderful episode. Likewise. See you next week. See you next week. Oh, my God, we have a very exciting guest next week. We do we do we do. Oh, do we? <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna make any further sounds than that the, there you go there's your teaser um yeah yeah first big exciting guest yeah Love you, Bye. and that concludes this week's episode we do sincerely hope you've enjoyed your stay and if you have be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform of choice Just search for She's Having an Episode and hit that follow button. We love seeing your reviews too. So do take a moment to rate and review the podcast if you have 30 seconds to spare. It really helps others discover our show and that will really help the show become better by the week. And if you want even more, you follow us on our social media channels, which you can spell check in our show notes as well as our email address. 
for any burning questions, future character suggestions, and general good vibes. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Until then.